Bienvenidos. This is a podcast that explores Latinx media and culture in its many forms. I am Dr. Rojo Robles. And I am Dr. Rebecca Elsalois. And we are Latinx and Latin American Studies professors at Baruch College in New York City. In this podcast, we will analyze Latinx film, television, literature, art, and cultures. We will consider how these works are perceived, analyze them, and investigate the real-world reflections and implication of that work on Latinx cultures in the U.S. and beyond. Welcome to Latinx Visions. Hola, everyone. Welcome to the introductory episode of the podcast. This episode will serve as an introduction to who we are and a trailer for the upcoming season. We're going to talk a little bit about our ideas for the podcast, what the title means to us, and why we wanted to make it. Then we'll introduce ourselves interview style. I'll ask Rojo questions to help everyone get to know who he is and what he's planning on bringing to the conversation. And finally, I will ask Rebecca to share some things about herself and her background in both podcasting and Latinx studies. All right, so let's talk first about how we came up with doing this podcast, right? I I already hosted a podcast called Why Do We Read This? And I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I was looking for a new project that could help me incorporate my current research and teaching interest. So I wrapped up the other podcasts in the spring of 2021 because it was a literature podcast that was primarily intended for the students of my world literature classes at Baruch. And well, Rojo and I did our PhD in the same graduate program, although we weren't really there. Like, I think we overlapped a little bit, but I wasn't yeah. in classes when yeah, you were. Yeah, there wasn't overlapping. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we saw each other and we shared in some events and yeah, yeah, yeah I, we were there. At, we at some point, we were was. like at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So this was at the, the Latin American, Iberian and Latino Cultures Department at the Graduate Center in CUNY, although it was not called that when I was had yep. accepted into the program. <laughs> Had another long name. <laughs> we found each other again in the Black and Latino Studies Department at Baruch, and we actually both started in 2020. So I thought working with Rojo would be a good match, a way to continue our common engagements, since we both have background in Caribbean cultural studies and visual literature. Yeah. As a writer, teatrero, filmmaker, and critic, I've always been interested in reaching different audiences. Uh, when you invited me, I was and continue to be interested in collaborating in this public scholarship project because I think podcasts are, are an ideal outlet for interdisciplinary learning. They're accessible for people and communities outside academia, and that's very important. Mm -hmm. And in them, knowledge is co-created. Yeah, I love that and requires different perspectives, senses, and debates. Yeah, there's no way I would have done this myself. I think we needed a couple of voices to be a part of this project. Yeah, and there will be more voices with us in the future. Yes. Yeah. I also think that uh, in our mediascape, there is a critical need for platforms by, for, and about U.S. Latinx people and their relationship to home countries in Latin America. The discussions about the United States as an empire, as a federal colonial and neocolonial state is also key here. Yeah, our particular lens as educators is formidable because the podcast allowed us to engage in depth with sources and materials that we're researching while also incorporating the conversation we're having with our students y con los colegas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that idea of it being accessible to everyone, right, to have that balance between 
hey, anybody can just listen, but also you can learn and and it can be an educational tool as well. I, that's what I love so much about podcasts. Yeah, there, uh, I've been really inspired by the work that my students are doing. Like they're also like I, as part of my classes, I know that you do that too, right? The, the using podcasts as a final project or as a midterm project and it has been like really inspiring for me to listen to their work, to listen to like how like this uh, relatively new medium is like uh, letting them express things in, in a matter that it's different than a research paper, for instance. And I think it's a, a form that's really picked up in the last year and a half too, right? With the pandemic and everybody moving to online learning and digital formats, it gives students another way of presenting their knowledge without having to be physically present. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the title. Uh, you came up with the title, Rojo. So can mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about what it means to you and how that will connect with our content? Yeah. So let's talk about Latinx visions, right? So for me, a vision is something something seen in a dream, in trance or ecstasy. It's a sort of revelation. It implies all the senses, right? Not only like you're not only like listening, but you're also uh, looking at it. You're also like sensing with your whole body, right? It is also a conceptual entity, of course. Yeah, vision is projective. Mira al futuro. It is a force moving towards the future. Just like the famous contemporary artwork by Alicia B. Wormsley that says they are black people in the future. We believe that black, brown, and non-black Latinx people, Puerto Ricanos, y otros Latinos will also thrive and will continue to produce important cultural and sociopolitical work. I, I really like that you talk about vision being something that's more than just one sense, right? When you think of the word vision on a surface level, you think eyes and you see and that's it mm -hmm. but there is so much more to it and i'm glad that that was a part of this title and yeah I, I think it's funny though you know we come up with the word vision for an audio experience that yeah. just shows how they overlap yeah precisely and it also like tells you something about a psychic state right it's also like a, about mm -hmm. a psychic state it's also about an emotional state so vision is a, it's encompassing all of those uh, elements and it's also like centering the body and the different ways that the body perceives right okay. and the different ways that we see ourselves in the future i like that all right so each season we're gonna we're gonna break this podcast into seasons probably based around the semester of the, the school year. I think that's our plan. We would like to have five core episodes based around a specific theme. For season one, we got inspired by the artists, writers, and thinkers we were engaging with in our BLS course, Latinas, a social and cultural survey, and the rich conversations we were having with our students, uh, especially Las Latinas in the classroom. So for episode one, we're going to look at television. We're going to investigate the women in the Netflix series One Day at a Time, including the characters, crew, and showrunner Gloria Calderon-Kellett, as well as a discussion about Latina and Cuban representation in mainstream media and anti-blackness. In episode two, we'll look at the queer Chicana film Mosquita y Mari, directed by Aurora Guerrero and its relationship with the ideas of founding Chicana feminists Cheri Moraga and Gloria Alzandúa. In the third episode, we'll consider the novel written in verse, Clap When You Land, by Afro-Dominican author Elizabeth Acevedo, and engage with her ideas about diaspora, national identification, and patriarchy. 
Episode 4 will focus on Latinas, creative and non-fiction writing as an art form and a tool of advocacy by examining the memoir non-fiction collection The Undocumented Americans by Carla Cornejo Villavicencio. Which is also exciting because she's going to be a writer in residence at Baruch this year, correct? Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, yeah. hopefully we can uh, get some more background from her directly. Yes. And in the final episode, we'll discuss a local to us uh, here in Brooklyn, Latinx grassroots organization, Mixteca, which does a terrific work addressing critical needs in health, education, social and legal issues facing the Mexican and Latin American migrant community in Brooklyn that seeks to enrich, equip and empower the Latinx community beyond yeah, these uh, neighboring communities. I, I I love that we had talked about doing this episode. This past weekend, I was out, I think it was in the Williamsburg area, and I saw three young women with the Mixteca t-shirts on, and I was like, ooh, I, I know this, and I'm going to know more about it in the, in the near future. So that was exciting. Yes. <laughs> uh, we may have an additional episode or two, including interviews and student content, but we are going to start with these five core episodes. We're really looking forward to this project, and we hope you are too. But now let's take a little time to get to know one another. All right, Rojo, I'm going to get us started. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? who you are, what brought you to Latinx studies, and what are some of your research specialties? Yeah, so I was born and raised a study theater and competitive literature and creative performance and film work in Puerto Rico until 2010. As many Puerto Ricans before me, I moved to New York City searching for jobs, in my case as a teaching artist and professor. And when I moved, one of the things that I was looking forward to doing was to learn more about the history and cultural legacy of Puerto Rican, Caribbean, and Latinx diaspora in the city. I have been doing this by living and working as an art educator and now as a professor in these communities, but also by reading a lot of New Yorkian and Latinx literature. The opportunity of doing the PhD at the Graduate Center permitted me to inquire critically in many Latin American cultural lineages that inform my interdisciplinary work. Eventually, I got the opportunity to teach at the Puerto Rican and Latino Studies Department at Brooklyn College and now at Baruch's uh, Black and Latino Studies Department. These experiences also set a research path into Boricua and Afro-Caribbean cultural studies. At the moment, I'm writing a book on Boricua experimental poetics in the U.S. and the archipelago. I'm, I'm putting together a series of articles on what I call Latin American cinegraphic fictions. Regarding podcasts, this is the first time I'm exploring the medium, although I have done some radio in Puerto Rico. And my dad, is, uh, who is a teacher and professor, had an AM radio show with students for many years, that, and I participated with him. So now yeah. we're just taking that into the 21st century. Yeah, precisely, yeah. So what about you, uh, Rebecca? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, my path to Latinx studies is interesting in that I do not come from a Latinx background. But I fell in love with Spain when I was in high school and decided to study Spanish in college went on to teach high school Spanish and earn my MA in Spanish. It was during the, the MA, the Masters of Arts, that I got into Latin American studies and particularly Cuban studies. When I was working on my PhD, I got into a lot of Caribbean theater and literature. 
But I also realized through living in New York that there's a plethora of Latin American, Caribbean, and Latinx cultures here in the U.S. So looking at the United States as part of Latin America in its own right is something I think really needs to be a part of the conversation. My research revolves around theater, especially that from the Caribbean and the United States, but honestly throughout Latin America. I'm particularly interested in theater that addresses politics and political issues. Recently, I've branched out into looking at television as another form of visual literature, and I'm particularly interested in the portrayal of Latinx characters in U.S. television shows, you know, who's represented and how. Yeah, our first uh, episode is going to get into that. So, Rebecca, you have been uh, working, yeah, exploring the podcast medium for a while. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I started my first podcast in 2019. It's called Why Do We Read This? as I mentioned before, and you can still listen to the episodes from this show. Uh, they're hosted on SoundCloud, but they're also available really anywhere you can get podcasts. I highly recommend it for anyone at Baruch who is teaching or taking the great works of literature classes, but it's also fun for others who enjoy parallels between literature and pop culture or current events. Rebecca, what do you like to do outside of, of, of your academic life? Well, it might sound like a bit of a cheat <laughs> as someone who <laughs> teaches literature, but I love reading. And this year I've been flying through a number of young adult works by Latinx authors. So some of my recent favorites have been We Set the Dark on Fire by Taylor K. Mejia, Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas, and The Inexplicable Logic of My Life by Benjamin Aliere Science. I'm also a scrapbooker. I have numerous albums with photos and memorabilia that I've been making over the last mm, 20 years or so. <laughs> I'm running out of room to keep them, as you can see on my <laughs> shelves. <laughs> But I love having photos to look back on. We're recording the show in Rebecca's apartment. <laughs> yes, yes. This is a Brooklyn podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all the way. <laughs> Um, and I guess I also like to hike. I don't get to do it too often, but I love a good day hike. My favorite places so far have been Acadia National Park, Yosemite, and uh, Iceland. We did some hiking in Iceland. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> how about you? What do you do that's outside of your academic life? Yeah, so I am the, uh, the dad of a three-year-old, Micaela Anaí, and I spend a lot of time with her in Brooklyn playgrounds and water parks. And like me and her mother, she's a, is a avid reader. Yeah, we spend a lot of time reading books as a family. We also collect records. Micaela has their own, her own records too. So listening to music at home is a constant activity. And right now she's hooked on the Beatles, uh, and specifically on the uh, on their animated film Yellow Submarine. Mm. And I put together a Beatles playlist of this era, so we all live in a psychedelic dream <laughs> right now. You're all on that Yellow Submarine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a six-year-old nephew who, when he was probably about three or four, was also very into the Yellow Submarine film. <laughs> It's just, it really... Appeals to kids that age, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell us about your own work. You know, you mentioned a book, but wh what else mm -hmm. can you share with us? Yeah. Uh, apart from uh, the book I'm mentioning about Boricua Poetics, I'm currently collaborating with Puerto Rican performance artist Cariana Nunez Santaliz in a theater piece called Archivo Santaliz that investigates the actual archive of Cariana's uh, uncle, Uh, who was a street theater director and theoretician, 
Pedrito Santaliz, a very important theoretician of, of, of street theater in Puerto Rico and New York, too. Mm -hmm. And I'm also writing a poetry collection that touches upon topics of migration, life in New York City as a Puerto Rican, El Verano del 19, Las Protestas del Verano del 19 in Puerto Rico, and the Movement for Black Lives here in the U.S. That's amazing. You do a lot of creative work within, you know, it's not all strict academic in that traditional sense. You kind of branch out to the creative elements as well. And I love to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really excited that now I'm doing uh, podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a new thing to add to the <laughs> different uh, areas that I uh, moved through. What about you, uh, Rebecca? Tell us about your, your, your work. Well, right now I'm working on an article about Latinx representation in One Day at a Time, which will also be the subject of our first episode, mm -hmm. uh, and how it's beneficial for both Latinx and non-Latinx audiences alike. So I'm definitely looking forward to our first full episode when we're going to talk about that in more detail. I also have an article that was recently published on the use of choteo, a style of Cuban humor, as a way to critique the economic situation in Cuba during the early to mid-1990s, or the special period. And I'll also add that I was recently assigned as the Audio and Digital Pedagogy Fellow in Black and Latinx Studies. No, that's at, really exciting. It's very <laughs> exciting. So I'm, I'm in my element here with the audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the, the upcoming semester? I mean, we're recording this at the end of August. We're getting mm -hmm. ready to go back to school. My classes start next week for us. Um, mm -hmm. This is the, the day this podcast episode comes out is the first day of classes on campus at Baruch. So what are you looking forward to in this upcoming semester? So I'm looking forward to returning to the actual physical classroom if we're not putting ourselves at risk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, COVID is still here with us, right? And we have to be really careful. But the possibility of interacting in person and building community at Baruch really appeals to me. There are also a number of events happening this semester. Most of them are going to be online, uh, but nonetheless, I'm looking forward to them. Uh, we will have screenings, uh, conversation with artists and scholars. And yeah, I'm really up for all of those things. I'm thrilled to this idea of going back in person is really the thing I'm looking forward to the most. The idea of teaching to faces and not black screens is really <laughs> inspiring to me. But like you said, it really is a matter of safety. I'm glad they recently expanded the mask rules so that now we can, like students do need the masks in the classroom if we can't socially distance, which it's a CUNY classroom. We can't socially distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, There's a lot of considerations that we have to take. So we have to be like really uh, attentive yeah, yes. to yeah how we get together. Yeah. So I'm uh, looking forward also to with the students to see how can we navigate this semester and explore the possibilities of, of seeing each other. Yes. If it makes sense, if it's safe, all mm -hmm. that. Right. And I think it's a, I, I mean, I, you do in hybrid classes as well yeah yeah so yeah. so it is decreasing the amount of time we're on campus which also means it's decreasing the number of students on campus at a given time theoretically anyway yeah um so hopefully that will help things our department is on the fourth floor so i'm planning on taking the stairs and not the elevator <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, i'm also really looking forward to meeting the people in our department i yeah. mean i've met you all on zoom mm -hmm. over the past year but it would be nice to meet people face to face and just be able to say hey yeah 
This is me. How are you? <laughs> Less Zoom sessions will be great. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah. something to look forward. <laughs> Although, of course, in, in, uh, as a matter of accessibility, Zoom is uh, fantastic, right? And as a matter of keeping us safe, it's uh, really fantastic. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'd rather be doing a Zoom class than no class at all. Mm -hmm. But I, I am hoping we can continue this move forward to be in person for the semester. What about with the podcast? What are you looking forward to with this podcast? Briefly, the expansion of our conversations, that is uh, turning the dialogues that we're having with our students uh, in the hallways and, and conferences with other professors, scholars into something more accessible and inviting. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I already mentioned, I'm looking forward to the, the one day at a time episode, of course, but also the different perspectives that you and I will each bring to the table. I think... If we've already seen this as, as we've begun researching some of these episodes that we don't always look at them through the same lens. And I think it would be impossible for us to do so, given how different we are from one another and what our backgrounds are. We may have overlaps in our background, but mm -hmm. they're not identical. You know, this first season is about Latinas and neither of us are ourselves Latinas, but we're going to be bringing in Latina voices in different capacities. And I look forward to sharing those voices with the listeners as well. And finally, I'm looking forward to introducing students to the podcast and for some of them to podcasts in general. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Remember, Latinidad is complicated and complex. We want this podcast to be a place where we can be a part of the conversation on Latinidad and engage in debates on the subject. We consider the podcast a place to talk about Latin American and Latinx cultures, but also a place to talk about how Latinidad is used and what it means to different people in different contexts. While we recognize that there is value in the solidarity of Latinx cultures and that there are transnational aspects to Latinidad, we also want to acknowledge that it's not that simple and that lumping everyone together does not always work or benefit different intersectional Latinx communities such as Afro-Latinx, uh, LGBTQIA+, right? Latinx, Latinas, and those from different cultural backgrounds. Yes, very important to remember. So what do you think? Share your thoughts with us. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Latinx Visions. Send us a message or email us at latinxvisions at gmail.com. And we'd love to include your thoughts in a future episode. If you have a reaction to something that we've said or a curiosity that you want to know more about, let us know. Subscribe to us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Share us with your friends, family, and colegas. Subscribe and leave a five-star review. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Let's uh, sign off this first introductory episode with a few words for our listeners. Estamos a la escucha, mi gente. Take care. Dale. Until next time. Bye.